My name is Diana and this is the Family Finance Show, the podcast to help you manage your family's finances better. Every week we share an episode on topics relating to increasing your family's income and managing expenses, controlling your debt and investing for the future. Today my guest is Shannon McLaughlin from Ubuntu Baba. Shannon, tell me about your journey as a parent and how that led to the creation of Ubuntu Baba five years ago. Hi, Diana. Um, so yeah, it was quite an interesting journey for me. I didn't know anything about baby carriers when I was pregnant. It wasn't really um, top of mind at all. I thought I'd just get a pram and you know adventure out into the world again. Um, but it didn't quite go like that. And motherhood hit me quite hard. And yeah, it kind of led me down quite a deep path of um, postnatal depression. And by week three, I was quite a mess um, with my new baby and a friend came to visit me and she brought me the very first um, baby carrier that I kind of discovered, which was a stretchy wrap. Um, It's kind of like this long piece of fabric that you kind of tie to your body and then your baby sleeps on you. And when I discovered that, that was kind of the start of my journey into baby wearing in the baby carrier world. Um, I couldn't believe the difference it made to me just being able to be hands-free for a few hours a day while my baby actually went to sleep. It helped me put my baby to sleep um, really quickly compared to everything else that I had tried. Um, And so that was kind of the the first step into it and yeah now we're five and a half years down the line <laughs> so it's nothing I would have yeah, ima- amazing. imagined going into but yeah it's funny how life kind of shows you where you're meant to be indeed and I really think that that's really the best way to start a business is by solving your own problem because mm. you know it's a problem if it's a problem for you it's a problem for other people as well so I suppose you started your your business just with um uh, a really great idea and a passion for helping parents and other mothers who are adjusting to to motherhood for the first time, which is always quite tricky. Did you need a lot of money to start your business or did you basically just start with your idea? Um, so it wasn't really a business idea to start because it was obviously just solving my own problem. And then I kind of, when I discovered that version of a baby carrier, I was like, cool, I'm going to go back to doing web design and just continue with my life um and that that product had quite a short lifespan and that's kind of where the idea came from when i started um digging into like what other products there were out there um so at that point i got kind of lucky because my dad had been in manufacturing his whole life in terms of backpacks and hiking gear and stuff like that so I could see the connection straight away and I've always had quite an entrepreneurial mind. Um, but in terms of money, I didn't really need anything at that kind of research and development point because I had my, my father as, you know, the guy that had the factory. And my mom also had a background in fashion design. So I could kind of pull on them for, for ideas and help. Um, the point where I did need money well, when we started um, actually developing the product, I would just go and buy 10 meters of fabric after I went through like the research process of what fabric I wanted to use so that I kind of just used my own money. Um, and it was very much make one, sell one to start with. Um, the point where I did borrow money and I took a personal loan of 100,000 Rand was when I needed to hire someone. 
um, for help because it was just me, obviously, and it got to the point um, of it being an online business and me packing the boxes and dealing with couriers and it just kind of got a bit unmanageable with a small baby, you know. Um, and at that point, I was like, okay, either I'm going to be, you know, just not sleeping at all or I need to hire some help. So in order to do that, that's when I decided I'm going to hire someone and I'm going to do a really good photo shoot. So that's what I borrowed that money for. And today, how many people do you employ? Um, so we've got the kind of um, management team and there is five of us at the moment. And then we've got the factory staff and in the factory um, manufacturing the carriers and doing the day-to-day tasks there. And we've got six at the moment working full-time on that. Amazing. Yeah. It's just it's just amazing to, to see how something goes from a problem you need to solve for yourself to employing six people plus five in the office five years yeah. later. That's, that's really amazing. It's an, yeah. And I'm sure it's very inspiring to other people out there, especially mothers who are looking at starting their own businesses. But I read somewhere that you don't really like that term mompreneur. Why is that? <laughs> mompreneur. Um, I kind of just, you know, I don't, I don't ever hear of dadpreneur. <laughs> it's like you're, you're an entrepreneur <laughs> and then you're a mother, like they're different roles. Um, so yeah, I just, I think it's just because I, I never heard of dadpreneur and I just don't understand. It, it almost feels like it turns it into a hobby, you know, like, like maybe I'm like knit, knitting booties, not that there's anything wrong and you can't start a business out of knitting booties, but that's, it kind of takes away from the intellect of being an entrepreneur. <laughs> maybe that's just my opinion. Yes, yeah. No, I agree with you. Um, if, if there were, if there was such a term as dadpreneur, then maybe it wouldn't sound so strange, but I agree that we don't, we don't hear it on the other side and both moms and dads are parents. So yeah. dads can be a parent and an entrepreneur and, and the same with moms. So yeah, I have to agree with you on that one. It's, I'm not a huge fan of the term. I understand what people are trying to say when they use it, but uh, yeah, I prefer to use them separately. Entrepreneur always, and mothers as two different roles. Yeah. They're like, um, They'll say, whenever there's an interview where they introduce me as a mompreneur, then it's like the first question is, so how do you balance being a mom and a business owner? <laughs> I'm like, well, why yeah. don't you ever ask dads that, you know? <laughs> no one true. ever asks a dad. Yeah, no, how do you balance being a dad and an entrepreneur? <laughs> or if they do, it's very rare. Yeah, I've never heard it myself, but um, maybe I should try. I'll do that. I'll. I think uh, coming up on the show, I should interview a dadpreneur and, and introduce him, him like yeah. that, and, and see <laughs> see what what his response is. It could be very in, insightful. Yeah, it could be actually, interesting. So, yeah. <laughs> Um, so Shannon, I really admired how you took on that the retail giant that is Woolworths. I, I, th- I thought it was really brave. And I think the story really appealed to a lot of people because it was the little guy taking on the big guy and winning. So mm. for listeners who don't know the story, Woolworths produced a baby carrier very similar to yours. And you took the fight to social media. What did that experience teach you as a small business owner? And what advice do you have for other people going through something similar? Sure. Um yeah, so first question, um, it taught me a lot. It kind of threw me into a world of like really trying to understand the business world because I wasn't really, you know, I'm not really involved in these kind of battles or understanding what, I didn't even know what a corporate bully was at that point, you know. Um, so it really threw me in the deep end and I got put onto all these radio interviews and um, asked questions that I kind of felt really out of my depth. Um, but 
in hindsight now looking back I can see like I learned so much in one year um, and really I think what I learned uh, a lot was from you know the people that I met and the the different personalities that I was introduced to and you know I read a lot of books and I, I try and draw inspiration from lots of different places and what I learned is that just because someone is like, or a business is classed as a retail giant, there's still human beings that are running that business, you know. Um, a lot of people always said, oh, how did you get the guts to kind of go up to them? And I never really looked at them as some big retail giant, you know. Um, like the headlines were just so funny for me. It was like Willie Slayer, like, a, like I like bashed down the hall of Woolworths. And really I was involved with like two people, you know, <laughs> and they are just human beings sitting across the table from me. And I think, you know, like we were chatting before we, we started recording is that everybody's accessible and the world is not as big a place as everyone makes out to be. And it's not that scary when you just bring everyone down to human level and just don't put people on pedestals, you know. Um, and if you're honest and open with communication, and that's kind of probably the biggest thing I learned from it all, um, is to just say, you know, stand up for what you believe in and say what you think is right and what you think is wrong. And, and you know, just don't back down and, well, don't be unreasonable about it, but... Yeah, it was, it was, there were so many lessons, it's difficult to define just one. So every case is so different. I've been exposed to so many like similar stories now because obviously um, I was kind of put on a pedestal um, and there's a lot of people that knew about the story. So I've had, I mean, probably now, there's probably like 500 emails in that first original folder with people looking for advice. Um, and amongst those, probably like only three or four cases which are extremely similar to mine. So I think every single case has its own its own thing. But the I think the advice is that you have to, before going up against something like this, you have to understand why you're going into it. Like what is the outcome that you're looking for? I think that's important instead of just reacting immediately, you know, um, taking some time to just digest where you're at, what's happened, how it's going to affect your business and what's your best outcome that you want to see from it um you know for me it wasn't that I wanted to collaborate with with Woolworths or you know I wanted to I knew about the examples beforehand and I just knew I knew that this was unethical I knew that what they had done I could never win in courts and I just knew it was unethical and I realized that I could be another example for another small business if anything um, and that if I was going to go down in flames, then it wasn't going to be for nothing. And yeah, thankfully, um, you know, we had a, a decent customer base by that point, And we had a lot of people that believed in our brand and had followed our journey. So they kind of stood up for us. And that's what helped it kind of take off. You've also done, just to touch on that, a really great job on building this highly engaged and passionate online community for parents on your different social media channels what was your secret to success in building those highly engaged communities so i come from a, a web design and marketing background um and so i have i've worked with a lot of small business owners in the past like over the 10 years before i did ubuntu baba and i would kind of seen what had worked what hadn't worked and what i noticed is that when people are really passionate about their products, that's one thing. And then there's the communication of getting that message across to the end user, and that's another thing. And so it's kind of making sure you get those two elements right. 
Um, and then treating every single customer like they are the only customer that you're dealing with, making them feel valued, making them feel like, you know, no matter how small their query is, that you can you can answer that query and, and, and make sure that they're happy when they leave, um, whether they become a customer or not. There's a lot of elements that go into that. But I think for me, you know, the, the purpose with starting Ubuntu Baba I realized I had gone through a process of understanding the struggles that mothers go through um, and a baby carrier can kind of be the bridge to help her um, solve some of those problems and then move forward a little bit. But there's that that connection and that passion that I have is that I'm trying to help a mom through that fourth trimester. Um, and that's kind of the the thing we talk about a lot. So there's that behind the product. We don't just talk about the features of the product and why you know, we don't try to say we're selling the best baby carrier. We're trying to help the mom understand that, or the dad, that, that you know, we know where your family is at. We know what you're going through. And we help them by selling them a product, but then also offering other resources and other ways to help them during that time in their life. So it's kind of a holistic approach to um, solving the problem from a values perspective and then from a product perspective and kind of tying it all together. It can get quite messy, but... Yeah, I think if you've got a product that you really believe in and you really are helping um, the end user, then it's just about getting the right team together um, and just growing slowly and not getting like stuck in the details too much. So Shannon, here on the fi uh, Family Finance Show, we try to help parents to make better financial choices for their families. So uh, let's talk a little bit about family finances and specifically the costs involved in having a baby. So I think for first-time mothers and fathers, the choices that you have to make are just overwhelming. You've got to decide, do you want to breastfeed or bottle feed, co-sleep or not, what to do about childcare, do you use disposable or reusable nappies, pram or baby carrier, um, which brand of car seat are you going to use? There's just, it's endless and it's all really a bit too much. So given mm. your experience as a mom and also dealing with so many different moms in different from different walks of life and in different situations, what do you think the most important categories of costs expecting, uh, expecting parents need to think about? I think it's a difficult question for me to answer because my mind doesn't really work like that. <laughs> my mind kind of goes... <laughs> my mind kind of goes like every family is different and um you know what is that mom needing the most support in what is that family needing the most support in um you never know you know you can never be ready for for parenthood and you never know if you're going to get a baby that's going to be a good sleeper or a bad sleeper um a good breastfeeder or it's going to prefer the bottle you know there's so many things that can come up um I think a lot of parents over prepare during pregnancy because pregnancy you've got time and you're reading all the blogs and everyone's talking to you and your baby shower comes up you just get blasted from all angles um I didn't really have too much of a chance for that because I was like working full-time um, as a freelance web designer trying to get as much done beforehand so I didn't really you know that nesting phase that everyone talks about I mean my son didn't even have his bedroom ready he was like in the bed with us from the beginning um so I didn't do much of that and I think as the problems arose I kind of researched and said okay what do I need what do I need and that kind of worked for me 
Um, but yeah, I do see a lot of moms. And I mean, we had a, a shop, a physical store where we used to host uh, fourth trimester chats and we used to get a speaker in and then bring moms in. And it's always interesting seeing the different moms and the different personalities arrive. You know, one will come with the pram and all the stuff <laughs> and this massive top bag and one will just come with the baby in the baby carrier, you know. So it's different for yeah. all families and it's so difficult to say. Um, if you had to say like, you know, if you were put on a deserted island, what are your like top three items? For me personally, a baby carrier, like hands down. Um, and then it's nice to have like a bouncy chair or something where, you know, often your body just needs a break, the, the, especially during that fourth trimester. Your body is so sensitive and, and like raw still from going through labor or having a C-section and, you know, wearing a baby the whole day in a baby carrier can be really tiring and your body just needs a break but your baby wants to see you and hear you and be in the vicinity so I remember I had this little bouncy chair that I would put on um, you know the floor next to me if I was in the lounge or in the kitchen and it's got little things hanging and it can make noises and that the baby loved so that was like a really nice product for me um, yeah and a dummy <laughs> I don't really know I'm like five years yeah. six years into the journey now so I can't really remember all the little things but I agree absolutely with what you say about every every family being different and having different needs and also every child. So just on the dummy, my daughter loved her dummy. It was it was quite a struggle to get rid of the dummy eventually when she went to school. Mm. But um, my son hated the dummy. So also yeah. between children uh, in the same family, you can have children that like something and don't like something. So I, I couldn't agree more with the advice to if you're like that, but to not over-prepare, so not buy too much stuff. I think between my yeah. baby shower at work and um, another baby shower I had at home and um, uh, just different relatives buying stuff for you, I think I used half of what I had. So I, mm. I really think you can waste a lot of money by over-preparing. Rather, wait and see, does your baby want a dummy or not want a dummy? Do you want to mm. bottle feed or breastfeed? You don't know that until you've tried. So yeah. I think... Yeah, I think it's it's just Sorry, a good idea to thing, wait and see in some cases. Yeah, and another thing that's yeah. actually a financial expense that can come up is like um, appointments with professionals that you never thought about. Like um, if you're struggling with breastfeeding um, and then, you know, it only kind of comes up at that point and someone would be like, you know, go see this lady. I went to her. She's a lactation consultant. And I mean, before you've had a baby, you've never heard of that. Um, and that can cost quite a bit of money. And those things can really change your, your journey if you go and see a professional, if you're trying to breastfeed, um, you know, to a certain point and you go and see a lactation consultant, that can really help you, but it can be costly. Um, so those kind of things can pop up out of nowhere. And it's, you know, rather don't buy all the different um, shaped dummies, rather kind of just buy one <laughs> and hope for the best with that and like save some money for like professionals that you might need to go and see immunizations as well that they it surprised me at how expensive they were when I had my first child so um at one point I thought the immunization is the same no matter who administers it so I went to our local government clinic um but the the experience of the government clinic wasn't awesome because I had to wait so long and the nurse was handling lots of babies without like washing your hands too much. So not really a criticism too much, but just for me, it, I didn't enjoy that experience. So I mm. went back to private healthcare, but yeah, that that's huge cost. Pediatricians, immunizations, lactation consultants, 
all these things that you might not think about if you're planning to have a baby or you're already pregnant, definitely something you should budget for. Mm. And so um, a lot of my friends actually decided to use baby carriers instead of prams. And you can get really fancy with prams. I've seen prams that cost almost as much as my my old car. Um, yeah. What <laughs> would you say are some of the pros and cons of of each? Because mobility is definitely really important, especially for first-time parents. You, you're not used to being so stuck. Um, mm-hmm. So mobility is important. And what... How do you see the choice of pram or baby carrier? Well, if I had to do it again, um, I would have both. But I think that I would have one of those prams that, you know, if your baby's in the car seat and um, the baby's asleep, you do not want to disturb the baby. (laughs) You want to very easily take that car seat and click it onto something with wheels and push it. Um, And... I remember my pram was like something I got of Gumtree and it was a disaster. <laughs> and th- that was something that at that point, having a, a nice simple system where it's just, you know, the baby's asleep, unclick, click into the pram, which is just some small kind of little pram with wheels. I don't know what they are these days, but, and then you can go with that. And then if the baby wakes up, you've got a baby carrier. Um, there's certain times where a baby carrier is just a better option, like going to the shops to do grocery shopping or whatever. Um, because I remember going to the shop with a pram, taking the baby out, putting the baby in the pram, pushing it. Now you've got to push a pram, you want to push a trolley. The baby is facing away from you, looking at all the bright lights and all the people, and then the baby starts crying, and now you've got a pram, you've got a trolley. Um, and sometimes you get those prams. I remember thinking, oh, I'll just put my gro- my groceries underneath the pram in the basket, but you can like fit like nothing in there. So having a baby in a baby carrier is so much better when you do that kind of shopping. But like if you're going for a day out like to the waterfront or something, it's really handy to have a pram um, to be able to just, you know, also give your body a rest. And sometimes baby doesn't want to be held the whole day. It wants to be put down. It wants to look at the seagulls or whatever. Um, so I would definitely go for both, but I think both are, um, you really, it's a pram is something you have to investigate properly. Like, can it fit in your boots? Does it fall down easily? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've seen so many moms like literally like kicking prams in parking areas because they won't, um, you know, <laughs> flatten down quick enough. Like you don't think of all these little <laughs> things that can like ruin your entire day <laughs> because you're generally, know. you know, people are walking on eggshells around you during that fourth trimester and anything <laughs> that goes wrong can make you like in a puddle of tears for three hours. So you want to make sure your oh, equipment exactly. works. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Shannon, I ask uh, this question to all my guests. Um, if you had one piece of financial advice that you could pass on to your children, what would it be? Or in your case, your son? Um, I would say always make sure that you enjoy what you're doing to make the money that you're trying to make. I think that's like the most important thing. Um, all of this like hustle, work hard, you know, work for 16 hours a day. Um, I don't believe in that at all. I believe in really, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with working hard. But if you're going to be working a 16 hour day, make sure that you're not like dying, half falling asleep. You need, you know, if you're doing the right thing and you love what you're doing, 16 hours isn't difficult because you're passionate about something and you're working towards something. Um, and the, the journey itself needs to be rewarding. So for me, that's like my most, that's my advice to myself and my advice to everyone. If I get to a point in any project 
um, in like even with Ubuntu Baba where we've been working for six weeks on some campaign and then eventually I can see everyone's like over it I'm like this we need to actually drop this this is not going anywhere and we've done that plenty of times um, and it's not a waste it's just you know getting you to a point of awareness that maybe this is not the right way um, but I think yeah, mm. life itself should be happy and fun and so should work exactly I couldn't agree more I think that if you love what you do then it's not going to feel like work as you say thanks so much for your time today Shannon I really appreciate it and all the best with Ubuntu Baba thank you so much thank you for listening I hope you enjoyed this episode make sure you subscribe to the podcast to stay on the journey to improving your family's financial well-being 